And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us by going to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on our show, or visit our website to view our entire podcast library of previous Lawyer for Jesus interviews. Are you a young person feeling alone in your support of the pro-life movement? Do you wonder if any of your peers hold the same view? You won't want to miss this episode. Today, our guest is Kyleen Albright, a junior in college studying nursing at Loyola University. She has been involved in a wonderful group called We Dignify, a pro-life mentorship program uh, since her freshman year. She rose to leadership in the pro-life movement her sophomore year as her chapter activist chair and is now the president at Loyola at their chapter for We Dignify. And this semester, she's organized and spoke at the Why I Am Pro-Life panel, where students shared why they chose to be actively pro-life with their peers. She will be attending the March for Life Chicago, uh, March that's coming up on January 13th. And she and I both hope you will be there. Both of us will be this year. Uh, Kyleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, I'm sitting across from you and um, really enjoying some of your titles. The first title I see here in your sophomore year is cha- uh, Chapter Activist Chair. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, um, it's just about having a, a role within our organization to have somebody really focused on uh, how we can be actively involved on our campus and how we can be talking about the pro-life movement with our peers and really spreading knowledge about it to make sure that it's something being discussed. So, so you're one of those 10% who doesn't sit around but actually gets up and, and moves other people. Is that I correct? I hope so, yeah. All right. So why are you so passionate about the unborn? What What's going on in your life? Um, I think that it wasn't something I was always super uh, – on top of, but I think as I've just grown in knowledge and maturity as I've aged, I've started to realize more about um, that it truly is a life in the womb. And if that's a life, you can't really end it. Um, and just, you know, unborn and then lives across all different spans of their stages of life. So the elderly, the sick, the refugee, um, dignifying all of those lives. So, you know, I, uh, I think a lot about what you're saying. So you came to Loyola as a freshman. And immediately got involved in this. How did that happen? Yeah, so I ended found it at like our organization fair. Um, a friend of mine was on the club's eboard already, and she, you know, you know, pulled me over and started talking to me. And I just kind of put my email down just to appease her. But then I ended up going to a few meetings, and yeah, just took. So, what did there. you think when she first invited you? Like, oh no, do I have to? You know, yeah. another thing. I'm a new student. I don't have time for this. Yeah, I had put my name on a lot of emails, so I was like, I don't know, but um, she encouraged me just like I had always been interested in the pro-life movement but not known too much about it my high school was involved but I was unable to like participate in that so I was eager to learn more about what she did and what the club did um so I was excited to get involved 
So now you're the president of the Loyola chapter of We Dignify. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about We Dignify. What, what, what's that mean to be president of it? And it, do you have a bullseye on the top of your head now for being president? I, I don't know. I hope not. Um, uh, yeah. So We Dignify is an organization that mentors different college campuses and students and like their pro-life clubs. Um, so just having different ways of being active on campus, um, if that's tabling and starting a conversation with a pro-choice friend or uh, we do service work as well. Um, we go on different marches, things like that. So yeah, different ways. We have small group programs for students to meet once a week and just really like build up their knowledge on the pro-life movement. Um, so that's kind of like a general summary of the stuff that we offer. But Our show is too short to really do this, but so what is knowledge of pro-life? What are you telling students? Yeah, I think educating them on so many different areas about um, like the science behind like the unborn life um, and that it truly is a life from conception. Um, so like the basic science and then also uh, you know, pro-life legislation, how to be a pro-life college student, how to talk to somebody who um, is maybe considering an abortion, how to handle the hard cases, you know, when somebody says, what about in the case of rape? You know, how do you respond? So things like that. These are all questions I'd actually like to ask you. On, <laughs> on, I don't know that we have time because we have so much to cover. Uh, so with your students, let's say you have a, a uh, pro-choice friend. Mm -hmm. What happens in that uh, relationship? What What goes on? Yeah, I have a lot of pro-choice friends. So um, I think it's about one thing. It's always very scary in the beginning to just start the conversation to think, is this person going to change their opinion about me or what are they going to think? Um, but from my experience, most people are willing to have a, like a dignified, honest conversation with you. And they're just interested in learning about your stance. Um, and maybe they'll disagree, but that's OK. It's important just to have the conversation with your friends. So and and. Um, what would your conversation be? How, how would you start that conversation? I think figuring out where, what their, their beliefs are, um, where they stand and like their baseline level, and then going in forth from there and seeing if you can find any common ground, um, anywhere that your, your beliefs intersect. And then you can then try to hopefully maybe turn their knowledge into more about what you understand and help them maybe understand something about like when life actually begins or, um, how abortion in the case of rape is probably not going to be any more healing to the woman suffering in that situation. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today we are speaking with Kyleen Albright about the upcoming March for Life in Chicago and how students can advocate for life. So this conversation that begins, you mentioned belief. What does belief have to do with being pro-life or pro-choice or and how does that come up in your conversations? Yeah, I think it's a controversial stance um, to be pro-life. And I think if you are going to take that on, that's something that you really have to like examine within yourself and how um, your understanding of the pro-life movement and what it means to like protect in, uh, vulnerable lives, how that plays into your life, into your faith, into um, really all aspects of your life. It's, it's more than just like a political stance. It's like a belief you have to embody. So. And, and what is that belief? For... For, for yeah. you or for, for those, I'm, I'm pro-life too, wildly pro-life. Uh, I have an incredible uh, blessing of having six kids. And, and so that is blessed chaos. And, but it was, it was so changing of my own life and having to learn to, uh, to love someone rather than my, just myself and, yeah. and all of those responsibilities that came with it. Um, so pro-life, belief. Tie those two together. What What is your beliefs that cause you to be pro-life? Yeah, I think as I've like grown in my um, 
my pro-lifeness, I guess you could say, I've come to understand that I think my beliefs lie in the fact that um, it's all about dignifying like every single life that you encounter. So whether that's an unborn life, um, which is like the most commonly talked about one, or if that's you know, any person you pass on the street, the homeless person that you pass, or just like you and me sitting in front of each other, recognizing the inherent dignity that exists in the person that you're talking to or that you're encountering, encountering, um, and how you can build them up and recognize their worth as like a child of God and this invaluable human being that exists. So, well, now you've you've thrown into the mix the word the child of God, and and as I begin in my thought. I begin with that dignity comes because they're made in the image of God. Yes. You've used the word child of God, but I think we're working on the same, same. plane. Mm -hmm. And that draws me back to if I'm made in the image of God, well, who is this God? And even though I'm made in the image of God, why does that give me dignity? That's a hard question. Um, That's I, what we do on this yeah, video. So. It's a big one. Um, I think recognizing that no life exists without God's hand involved in it. Um, and like every little detail about ourselves from like every hair on our head is, um, whichever verse that says that. Is numbered um, and counted, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like right. every little detail about ourselves was planned and um, designed and how God wanted it to be. And so that is true for not just like yourself, but for every single person. Um, and recognizing that like if God wanted me to be this way or be born in this circumstance or whatever, then that's what he wanted. And that's a mission that I have to carry out. There you go again, introducing more concepts. So you're telling me that that I'm walking by somebody on the street and you're saying they're uniquely created by God and they actually have purpose and meaning that God's given them. Is that what you're telling me in yes. all of this? <laughs> yes. It is. And, and what are your friends who are, uh, who are let's say, uh, not believers and pro-choice? How, how do they respond to that? What what? What are they thinking there? Yeah, I think sometimes people hear you uh, bring your faith into the discussion of the pro-life movement and they immediately kind of like discount it, especially if they're not a person of faith um, and that like, oh, you believe in God and that's cool. But like, you don't have to uh, project that onto me and like, evangelize what or whatever. Yeah. Right, sure. So um, sometimes when I'm talking to somebody who I know is not a person of faith, I will, I'm not going to bring up like the child of God to them because that's just going to that's just like a stereotype that they've heard from so many people um, that that's not what they need to hear to help like persuade them, to help them understand. So it's, I think guiding that to like the audience that you're talking to. You know, it's interesting you say that because so often what I find is um, our society wants to find dignity in everybody. They're not doing that with the unborn or with certain groups, but they do want to find dignity. Yeah. But if I press and ask them why, why is there dignity they really don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a big hole there when when there's no participation in, in understanding that, well, we have dignity because God made us and he loves us. I mean, that that's ultimately yeah. really why we have dignity. And places that don't recognize God, and I'm thinking in particular, of, let's say China right now. Um, and I work with a lot of Chinese students and, and it's a different concept. Uh, coming up, we will be talking further with Kyleen Albright, college student, pro-life leader, about how young people can stand up for pro-life issues and the upcoming march in Chicago on January 13th. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Malkin Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Kyleen Albright, a pro-life student leader who will be attending the March for Life Chicago on January 13th. Uh, Kyleen, uh, give us a little bit. What's this What's this march all about? And, and uh, you're inviting everybody to come. What, what's going on? Yeah, so the March for Life Chicago is a really uh, great opportunity for people to come out in the Chicago area, uh, downtown, um, and there's... There's speakers. There's a big rally before the march begins um, talking about the pro-life movement and the importance of being pro-life. Um, and then then there's a march about a mile, I believe, um, down like through the streets of downtown um, of people with signs and chanting. And it's really a beautiful celebration of, of life. You know, you say that I've been to all five of them and it's it's not a protest. No. Yeah, it's it is a celebration. There's not a lot of ranting and raving going on and, and all those kinds of things. And you don't see the hate filled mm -hmm. slogans and the the slamming of other groups, but just really a celebration of life. You're really right. Song so, and prayer. And yeah, it's uh, it sometimes it's very cold out, but it's always very warm in the march. And, and I think the most uh, wonderful thing about the march is it's like about 80 percent young people, yeah. students. And so so my understanding is you're inviting everybody to come. Yes. Uh, well, if they want to come and they want to find out more about this, how do they do it? Yeah. Um, so there's a few places online you can look. Uh, WeDignify.org has uh, pages within our website that will link you to information about the March for Life Chicago. Um, and there's also like a Facebook page as well. For you we say that, that was WeDignify.org? Yes, I believe so. Okay. And can they get in touch with you as well? Yeah. Um, so I'm at Loyola University Chicago. So you can reach out to Loyola at WeDignify.org to email like Loyola specifically, and I will answer that. So what are the students like who are going to this? And and, and what is it like to be a pro-life student on campus right now? Yeah, it's it's a really um, important and like beautiful thing to be doing, I think. Um, and the students who are going are all students who are really passionate and care so much about being involved and the importance of this this movement that they're standing up for. Um, so everyone there is really joy-filled, really passionate, really um, excited to be putting themselves into this this movement. Um, really great students. Um, the students, uh, they've got older guys like me there. And the, the young students, I love it because they bring energy that, mm -hmm. that I might not have if they weren't there. So it, it really is a very um, passionate thing. Yeah. Um, you're in nursing school. Yes, I am. Okay, junior. Yes. And... Um, how does pro-life affect your calling as a nurse? We were talking about God giving us each purposes, and apparently God's moving you in this direction. Mm -hmm. uh, the scriptures say that um, He has plans for us before we were ever born. It actually says before the creation of the world. Nursing, how does that tie into to your pro-life um, views and, yeah. and calling? It definitely does. Um, I think... The very definition of being a nurse is being an advocate for your patient and for um, trying to 
promote, sustain, and improve the lives of every patient that you're encountering. Um, so being pro-life to me kind of only naturally flows into being a nurse. Um, I don't think those things can really be separated because your whole job as a nurse is to be um, building up the lives of your patients and doing whatever you can to help them. Um, and so I think that being pro-life um, and like building up those skills within myself now will flow seamlessly into my nursing career. We have a case here in, in our law firm right now with uh, Miss Mendoza. She is a devout Catholic, and she ran into trouble with the Winnebago County Health Department because they were requiring her uh, to support abortions. Um, a new regime came in out in Winnebago County, and they made it their purpose that um, all of the medical personnel would support abortions in different ways, which she could not do. What would you do in that situation? Have you thought through, because this is a very real thing that may happen in the future. Yes. Yeah, I've definitely thought about that because I'm definitely scared of a situation like that happening. Um, I think it would be a lot of asking God to like give me strength in that situation to do the right thing um, and to to keep in mind, asking him to guide me for how to stand up for that, how to stand up for the lives and to not personally support abortion um, and do that in my career as well. And then asking him to give me the route to, to how to go from there. If that means like finding a different job or, you know, working within that organization, that hospital to like help some reform. I don't know. I would need a lot of, a lot of grace of God. Yeah. It, um, it is something you don't know. Yeah. And it will take the uh, guidance of the Holy spirit at the time in the situation uh, to know how you're to respond. And frankly, the way you respond isn't always the way another person God is calling would respond. Yeah. It is an individual thing, and, and it is knowing his will. Um, standing up, is, are you a particularly bold kind of person to be doing this, or or, or how did this happen? Yeah, I, I don't really know, because I'm fairly a fairly introverted person um, and somebody who doesn't love confrontation. Um, so you must really enjoy being on our radio <laughs> show right now. Yeah, it's not my comfort zone. exactly. Um, but... I think it's just remembering the the value of the thing that you're standing up for um, helps you get through like any nerves or fear you have about being bold in that situation. How do you think your generation is able to speak for the pro-life movement in a way that uh, mine did not or could not? How is it different? I think uh, pro-life, pro-choice conversations are super um, topical right now and um, – super topical and super applicable to, uh, like young people are just very involved in this on both sides. So I think that naturally we are able to speak more on it as well. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the firm of Mauk and Baker, and we're speaking with Kyleen Albright about having special influence as students for the pro-life movement. I don't know if I'm going to agree with you that we weren't as students and at that time really involved in the issues. I, I, I wonder, the the arguments back in my day, in, in let's say in the 70s when I was in college and, and everything, was that that within your womb was not a person. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it was not murder and we can't know. And therefore, um, there's nothing wrong with this. Um, and this is actually for the health of the woman and, and for her well-being and therefore there's no problem. I think, this, I think the argument shifted because yeah. everybody knows that that which is within your womb is a person now or is a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to call it a person because that gives it legal status. So how, how does it, how does that differ now when you're 
when the argument's no longer, well, it's not a human being for therefore it's not murder. Yeah. I think that it definitely has shifted because even um, we now know that there's a heartbeat at like 18 days. Um, so many people, you know, so many women don't even know that they're pregnant at that time. And so when you tell somebody that in a conversation, they're very shocked. Um, and then I think there's this immediate love realization that maybe this is human. Um, so I think the argument now is more on people who are pro-choice tend to think of it more in like a, this is my right, this is my body. And um, you trying to make this legislation or, you know, have this, this mentality is infringing on that right of mine. Um, but they don't look too much at the, the life that's in within them that they are maybe infringing on the right. You know, I, I think this is one of the most frightening things as our culture develops more and more of a sort of uh, the word I use autonomous or just, is, yeah. just the only thing that matters is me. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's more and more pronounced. And, and not only that, it, it's, I create my own reality. Yeah. And so whatever I say, and, and, and that goes into issues like, well, I have a male body, but I don't think I'm male. So therefore, um, because I've decided that I'm not that, you must uh, respect that. And, and any deviation from what I tell you I am is uh, uh, offensive to me and therefore should be punished. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm five, six and my hair is getting gray and my beard's gray and everything. And I, I, there's, there's a guy, and I think it was in, in the Netherlands, who said, I don't like being old. And my doctor says, I have a younger body. Therefore, I require that you call me young. And I just think that's another extension of this autonomy where we create our own realities. Yeah. So I, and in that regard, I think it's harder for you. It's harder to get people to understand and to see your point. And and how do you break through on that particular issue of 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 this autonomy as opposed to being created in God's image and, and these kinds of things? Yeah, I think a lot of it is like laying down facts um, and helping them understand that. And, and when you're in a conversation with somebody who disagrees, I think the very first step you have to do is find common ground. Right. Um, because if you don't, then it's just going to be like off from the start. So if you find this common ground, then you can always refer back to that and then build from there. And where do you go for common ground? Um, I think looking at one of the places I often find it is like, so where do you think life begins? And then we can find it of like, it usually gets down to even if they don't think it's a life at conception, usually you can get it down to the heartbeat. So you can go even from there. So even at, you know what, a little over three weeks or a little under three weeks of since conception, this child has a heartbeat, then that's pretty much all of the pregnancy. So, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to bring it back right now because one of the themes at the march is is the theme of science and what science says about life and about pro-life. So again, uh, tell us when is that march and, and uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, the march is January 13th. Um, it's a Sunday in um, – they can get a hold of We Dignify's organization. Um, we have a website, wedignify.org, and then there's a page that will refer you to the march. Um, we're on Facebook for We Dignify at Loyola if you want more information. Um, yeah. And I think they can also get a hold of you. I think we said that, right? Yeah, you can and, contact me specifically. I, by the way, you're fantastic. I hope people do get a hold of you. I'm, I'm uh, delighted to be with you. Thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you. And uh, this is Rich Baker. If you have a legal need or a question and want a perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Malkin Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. 
If you have missed part of this show or want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner at the law firm of Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.